This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another episode of the Swamp 247 Podcast. I am your host, Graham Hall, joined by my co-host, Jacob Rudner, and we are here to talk about another sold-out contest in the Swamp. The Gators taking on Charlotte at 7 p.m. on Saturday. First ever meeting between the two programs, a little bit of administrative ties there. Mike Hill, the athletic director at Charlotte, used to work at Florida's athletic department. So maybe that helped set up this meeting here. But it is going to be, I think, an exciting one for Florida fans as they look to see this team keep some momentum. And that was the theme really from Billy Napier throughout the week was capitalizing on momentum playing and practicing with some fear and humility, not looking at the fact that the Gators are now a ranked team and they can't look over this Charlotte team. Billy Napier mentioned at the start of the week that this Charlotte team built an early 14-0 lead on Maryland. And, you know, I hate to use the term trap game because it seems to be such a cliche, but when you have a game like this in between two SEC contests, when you got to go on the road next week, you're coming off an emotional win over your rival. Maybe this game can lead to a little bit of a, a lackluster effort. And we've heard about some practice aspects throughout um, the past couple of days from Billy Napier. Doesn't seem extremely pleased with how Florida's effort has been throughout practice in the wake of defeating Tennessee 29 to 16 last week. But we are going to hear to talk about Charlotte. And Jacob, if you haven't checked out his first look over at Swamp 247, go check it out get a more in-depth preview of the opponent. But we're going to break it down for you right now, what Florida can expect out of this Charlotte offense. Before we get going, before I turn it over to you, though, I know that there's a name on this Charlotte roster that many Florida fans are familiar with. That's former Florida quarterback and current Charlotte quarterback, Jalen Jones, initially signed with the Gators back in 2019, right? And is on campus for a few months, plays in the spring game, and then, leaves Florida a little bit unceremoniously, I think you could call it, and bounces around a few places. And, and now he is back in the Division One level at Charlotte, where he is rotating in at quarterback for the 49ers. So, Jacob, this Charlotte offense, what do you see? What did they do well? Statistically, how have they looked so far? Give us the full breakdown. Yeah, uh, this is a, this is a solid team. I think for the level that it plays at, uh, certainly a group that has the potential to compete 
uh, within its conference after a very productive offseason under new head coach Biff Pogey, uh, former head associate head coach, excuse me, uh, alongside Harbaugh at Michigan, where he was credited with helping the Wolverines uh, with some of their success over the last couple of years. Uh, Pogey did a whole bunch uh, over the offseason just in trying to get this team ready for his first campaign to top the program. Over 70 new players on the roster, over 40 of whom are transfers from four-year institutions. Uh, 23 of those transfers are Power 5 guys. And as Billy Napier pointed out to us on Monday uh, and Wednesday of the week leading up to this contest, this is a Charlotte team that is somewhat unique in that it does have uh, some verified height, length, and speed, as Billy Napier likes to put it. Uh, guys who have Division One experience at the Power 5 level and could make this game interesting from a personnel perspective. That being said, if we're just going to look at the offense here first, not terribly impressive results uh, in the early going of this season so far. 194 passing yards per game, 144.3 rushing yards per game. As you mentioned there with Jalen Jones, kind of a quarterback split situation. It's him and former walk-on sophomore Trexler Ivy, who's in his fourth year at Charlotte, but in his first as a full-time player, uh, 330 passing yards, 75.76% completion for uh, Trexler Ivy. He's been solid. Uh, 10 yards per com- uh, 10 yards per attempt, excuse me, 13.2 yards per completion. The only thing about Trexler Ivy is when he's on the field, it's kind of a tell. Uh, Charlotte does not like to run the ball with the quarterback when Ivy is under center. It does like to run the, the ball with the quarterback when Jalen Jones, uh, the very brief Gator, is on the field. Jones has 252 passing yards and is completing just 58.54% of his passes this year, three times intercepted already in three games. However, he does have 196 rushing yards and two touchdowns on 32 attempts. So uh, some dynamic uh, mixtures can, can go on in the backfield You know, with the 49ers. Jalen Jones presents uh, some interesting options, much less of a threat to burn Florida through the air. It kind of becomes one-dimensional just in terms of what his skill set is. Uh, the weapons on this offense are okay, especially relative to what Florida is going to be trotting out there defensively. Uh, kind of a weird running back situation in that uh, their named starter is not actually their leading rusher. And according to their depth charter, at least the one that's on their game notes uh, ahead of this game, their third team running back is not only their leading rusher with yards per carry or, or, or yards per game uh, among running backs and yards total on the season, but he also is pacing the group with 26 total carries, uh, more than eight uh, than the next highest person. So an interesting situation, kind of a hard offense to pick apart, just you know, given who it's faced so far this season. Maryland did a good job uh, keeping them kind of limited. Only scored 24 points in a win over SC State to open the season. Uh, not a very high-octane group, not going to score a lot of points. Florida's defense, which has been excellent so far this season, probably shouldn't struggle with this unit. Uh, and I would argue that if it did, it would be a little bit perplexing, seeing as though it was very effective against Utah, even though Florida lost that game and especially so against Tennessee when it was really, truly fantastic. Yeah, I think it certainly is. On the outset, it looks like this could be a trap game for Florida, as I mentioned, but you boil it down. This should be a team that, you know, doesn't give the Gators too much trouble, especially after what we've seen from this defense throughout the first 12 quarters to start the season. So you never really know, though. Um, Like I mentioned, Billy Napier said that maybe – the Gators aren't, you know, thinking that they're better than they actually are right now. And that can lead to what happened to Maryland, you know, getting hit in the mouth and having to recover early on. Um, maybe that is a possibility for this team. I don't necessarily 
Um, I don't really know if that's going to happen. I think that, yeah, if you if that were to happen, it would be a sign that Florida had some self-inflicted wounds in, in that contest and just failed to execute. But, you know, I think we've seen such efficient offensive play from Florida on the offensive, you know, and for the last two games outside of that Utah game that Florida is going to look to continue that for Florida to do that. And for Graham Mertz to be effective and for the Gators to establish the run, what are they going to be facing from this Charlotte defense? What does Charlotte do well? And what do you think that they're going to look um, to capitalize on against this Florida offense? Yeah, I see a lot of opportunity here, Graham. I think that this is a, a game for Florida where its opponent is really going to struggle to keep up. Uh, I, you know, we mentioned a couple minutes ago that this is a team that does have quite a bit of transfer uh, help for over 40 transfers this year, over 70 newcomers. And they do have uh, height, length, and verified speed, as Billy Napier said. The problem is, is that putting that all together is another thing. And, and as with the offensive side, uh, defenses look pretty similar. It's been kind of a struggle this year despite having athletes throughout the field, you know, through the passing game, teams have had a lot of room to operate 270.7 yards per game so far this season. And that's, you know, against fairly unimpressive teams open the season against South Carolina state uh, and got a win. Maryland is obviously a little bit more of a high caliber opponent. And then Georgia state uh, had a pretty resounding win over uh, the 49ers. And so, you know, just not very tight defense. Rushing defense isn't much better. 151.3 uh, rushing yards allowed per game. It's 92nd in the country. Forgot to mention the ranking, 110th overall for passing. Uh, so not a lot of resistance so far this season. There are players on this defense who have impressed me. Wayne Jones, starting senior safety, kind of a do-everything sort of a player. Uh, leads the team with 21 total tackles. Has half a sack, so he's able to get into the backfield a little bit. Uh, you know, they're going to use him in different alignments, bring him back down into the box against the run. Uh, you know, l- allow him to defend the pass a little bit, and he's pretty dynamic. Uh, We'll see Charlotte, I think, a couple times throughout this game go out of its base 4-2 defense and transition into more of a 4-3 look. And sometimes, not all the time, it doesn't necessarily put a third linebacker on the field so much as it will just use Wayne Jones as a third linebacker, more of a box safety, uh, and somebody who's capable of of, of really filling that role quite well. Uh, Demetrius Knight, transfer from Georgia Tech, solid linebacker, second on the team with 19 sacks. He's been involved in defending the passing game. Oh, excuse me, I said 19 sacks. <laughs> 19 tackles. He does not have 19 sacks through three games. He does have a half a sack uh, and an interception. So he's influenced the passing game so far. Solid against the run. But again, this is a defense that is not really going to put up a ton of resistance against the Gators. Uh, and I do see opportunity for Florida to test things out through the air. Billy Napier, as we've said now several times on this podcast, has highlighted a desire, maybe even a need, for his offense to be a little bit more explosive through the air, even in its win over Tennessee, uh, only two plays through the air over 15 yards, both 18 yarders, which is not terribly impressive relative to, uh, you know, explosive shot plays via the pass. And, and Napier wants to see more of that. You know, like I said before uh, on the Swamp 247 podcast, you don't have to take my word or evaluation for this, take the head coaches. Uh, and he's told us on several occasions that Florida needs more passing uh, potency not just in that short to intermediate range where it's been very good so far, uh, but also down the field. And this is certainly an opportunity with a team that's allowing 270.7 yards per game for the air. Uh, Only 21 teams in the FBS are allowing more passing yards per contest. I would love to see Florida open things up a little bit. I certainly think it's capable. Uh, And this should be a a pretty low resistance matchup to give that a shot, 
even with a couple offensive linemen out due to a suspension. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast from the world of sonic the hedgehog a new hero arrives i am ready is there anyone stronger no tougher no funnier i do not make jokes i make warriors knuckles now streaming only on paramount plus yes Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Some really good stuff there from Jacob. You know, I was about to say 19 sacks. I mean, Graham Mertz is going to have to watch out. That is absolute menace in the backfield. Um, You know, it doesn't sound like, again, this Charlotte defense has a lot of potency. Again, the transfer portal giving you the ability to reconstruct your roster, overhaul it completely year to year, always can maybe make for some unexpected, you know, aspects of the season. You never really know how a team is going to gel. And sometimes guys need a change of scenery and to have the opportunity to lead. And that can lead to an elevation in play. And I think that could happen here at Charlotte in due time, but it doesn't look like right now, this is a program capable of competing with a Florida team that just beat the number 11 team in the country at this time last week. So I I think that with all that being said, this is a game that Florida should win by double digits, win handedly, be able to get some backup players into the game in the second half like they did against McNeese. And we've already talked about, if you listen to our Tuesday episode of the podcast, we talked about the suspended players that are out for the first half for Florida. That gives them a chance to see what true freshman Najee Harris can do in extended minutes. You know, he played, what, 10 snaps against Tennessee. I I think that they would like to see him get, you know, triple that action in the first half and even maybe continue to play in the second half. So a lot of things that Florida can get out of this game um, if they can pull away and have a chance to get some of these younger, unproven guys in. But for that to happen, Jacob, now we're going to talk about keys to the game. I'll start with you. Give me your keys to the game 
what does Florida have to accomplish? What are the biggest things in your mind that they need to get done just to make it so that this is no contest by the second half, really? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that the, the rate at which this becomes a blowout is less important than the process for it to potentially become a blowout and kind of how Florida looks within its schemes and execution. Uh, I'm really going to be looking for Florida again to, to open things up through the air. This is another great opportunity to be able to do that. We saw some flashes of some downfield offense against McNeese. Uh, Ricky Pearsall had a 50-yard touchdown in that contest. I, I think that this is you know a chance to do that against a team that has a little bit more of a chance to compete with you. This is an FBS opponent after all. Not, not a particularly great one but certainly better than a you know mid-to-bad-level FCS opponent like McNeese was. Um, and I think that that's something Billy Napier is going to want to capitalize on, getting his receivers and his quarterback in a rhythm where they can really attack the downfield game a little more, try and take the top off the defense, uh, and, and, and get something out there that you, know, you can prove that teams have to respect you down the field a little bit. I think that as Florida's schedule gets much, much harder and we get into the meat of the season, it's going to be really important that Florida requires opposing defenses to at minimum have in the back of their mind, this is a team that can take a shot. This is a team that's capable outside of the short to intermediate. And that level of respect, I think, opens things up. Uh, you know, even in the run game, it makes things easier because respect laterally and vertically typically creates more room around the line of scrimmage. Uh, this is a great chance for that to happen. You know, 270.7 .7 passing yards per game allowed by Charlotte. Uh, Florida needs to capitalize defensively, do the same thing. I mean, this is a unit that's been excellent. Uh, no reason to be allowing, frankly, much production at all in this game. I think that Florida has the potential to pitch a shutout here if it's really on its P's and Q's. Uh, and based on everything we know about Austin Armstrong and how he has this unit preparing and executing, that's certainly within the realm of possibility. So I know we're going to do our score predictions in a second here. and I, I foresee a blowout. Um, and I think it, it just comes down to what Florida can push itself to do and accomplish within that to make this as productive a game as possible. And to me, that's downfield passing and just a kind of a continued success uh, as a defense, while also, and I'll add this late, uh, containing Jalen Jones, who's going to test them on the ground a little bit. Uh, put a running quarterback on the other sideline is important. Florida will face you know, some athleticism, especially Jordan Travis uh, at the end of the year against Florida State. Uh, and this is a much, much lower stress opportunity to uh, learn how to contain. Did a good job against Joe Milton last week of, of containing a rushing quarterback. Let's see it one more time. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you know, hit the nail on the head there. A lot of things that Florida is going to be looking for. It's an inferior opponent in many ways to see them take a setback, I think would just be demoralizing for a fan base that I still think is looking for some validation that this is a competitive team. There still is a belief maybe that Tennessee wasn't as good as advertised and, and that win while impressive, you know, isn't necessarily a great indicator of how good Florida is. I think you want to see um, efficient offensive play. If you're a Florida fan, you want to see, like you said, a downfield passing game, an explosive run game, uh, a, improvements along the offensive line, you know, getting Jake Slaughter in there for the injured Kingsley Egwakon. I think that, you know, that is certainly an, an interesting thing as well um, that I'm going to be watching for probably the biggest one for me. And we saw some improvement of this, you know, against Tennessee, but just playing a clean game for Florida, not having mental errors because, well, maybe they're not going to matter in this game. They could come back to bite you later in the season, knowing that you have some formidable foes, you know, up ahead, 
Florida really wants to have everything cleaned up, I think, before they get into Lexington next week. And this game provides a chance to do that. So that's something I'm certainly going to be watching for. And last thing I'll say is just clean up the special teams issues. I mean, that has been a unit that has cost Florida over what, you know, eight points already this season. And to see that continue to be an issue when you just saw Trey Smack go into the game for Adam Mahalik, you know, maybe a a decision gets made one way or the other, because I I think that clearly uh, Florida needs to improve in that regard. And so that's something I'm going to be monitoring against an opponent where it shouldn't be consequential, but you're going to be looking for an improvement from, I think the personnel and, and an execution standpoint, you know, they've had a week to make some fixes. And I think that fans after seeing three weeks of subpar special teams player are looking for, some tangible progress. So with all that being said, now we're going to give our initial predictions of the game. Jacob already spoiled his. He couldn't wait to tell you that he thought Florida was going to get blown out. Can't blame him. That's comes with giving the keys to the game. I'm going to go ahead and start though. Not, not Florida. Charlotte's going to get blown out. (laughs) Charlotte's going to get blown out. Excuse me. Uh, Yeah. Florida's going to blow out Charlotte. You know, I'm right there in the same boat, but I'm not predicting a shutout necessarily here. I do think Charlotte finds the scoreboard. I think that they end up getting a field goal too, but I do think the Gators win by 30 plus. I'm going 42 to 10 Florida. Um, I I think it's going to be a huge win for the Gators and it's going to be a tune-up that they need going into Kentucky uh, against a Kentucky program that is looking to do what they did last year and, and hand Florida a loss. So I think it's going to be a big win for Florida, though. It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be still what the program needs heading into Kentucky. How are you seeing this one unfold, Jacob? Yeah, I, I got. I'll just give you the score right off the bat here. I've got forty-two to six Gators. Uh, I think that scoring is obviously going to be no problem for Florida in this one. I think it should be uh, pretty out of hand by halftime, if not you know, kind of earlier in the third quarter. Uh, don't really foresee Charlotte having much of a response uh, for what Florida does defensively I think that they're able to keep uh, Charlotte out of the end zone which is probably one of my bigger predictions of this game not a shutout I think that uh, Charlotte's kickers uh, get in range for two uh, field goals to get to that six but I I do think that Florida should be able to keep Charlotte out of the end zone in this in this contest so 42-6 Gators I know that I'm not on fire so far with my predictions uh, so far this season in terms of predicting Florida wins and losses but uh, basically nailed the McNeese one, and this game should be similar. So I feel I feel good. Feel good about where I'm at. You should feel good. Although I got to say, Jacob, there probably were a lot of Florida fans out there hoping that you would pick the Gators to lose again, knowing that you know, <laughs> good one for you last week. I'm just messing. Obviously, this is one that I think we're on the same page about. We think this is going to be no trouble for the Gators. Anything else I think would be concerning for a team that just got so much hope and to. Call back to what we just said. We'll use Billy Napier's words. We don't have to use our words. He said that last year's team struggled to capitalize on momentum. He is looking for that from this team. This game may not look like a very consequential one, but in that perspective, seeing how this team responds to now being respected a little bit, being ranked, I think Billy Napier is looking to see what kind of fire they have. If if you still have the same fire when you get a little respect is, you know, you had when you were disrespected. I think it bodes well for your competitive odds and Florida's coaches looking for that. So we'll be back next week to recap this Charlotte game 
Stay tuned over at swamp247.com. Tons of content coming in the coming days before the Charlotte game, during the Charlotte game, after, you name it. We got it. And make sure you check us back out next week on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, for a recap of the Charlotte game. This has been another episode of the Swamp 247 Podcast. I'm your host, Graham Hall, joined by Jacob Rudner. We'll be back next week. See ya.